of Exodus to start, and we will be in chapter 15 of Exodus. Um, I wanted to share today on points regarding healing. And um, these aren't the points regarding healing. <laughs> these are some points regarding healing that I hope they'll bless you. They've blessed me and helped me a lot over the last while. And how we look at them. Um, one of the things that you will notice when we look at some of this stuff is that when Jesus Christ was here, he was armed at all times with um, the scriptures. He was always, he always, he knew them. If you look at that wonderful uh, record of his temptations in the wilderness, we know that. He was ready, he was armed. And so when we look at these topics, it's not just for knowledge or information, it's it's so that we're armed in situations that we need the information, we need that authority, we need that ability. That's why we look at these things. It's not just for you know a casual interest. Um, we um, when we talk about the uh, the the area of healing, uh, one of the key things that God says in Exodus fifteen twenty six is He says that near the end of the chapter, but let's read the whole verse, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Chapter 23 of Exodus. And again, it's a topic that we look at not necessarily when we have a need but when we are well the best way to stay healthy is to stay healthy just that and the more we know what God's word says regarding that the better off we'll be as is true in every case when it comes to the things God has written for us but one of the questions that might come up when we talk about healing and these aren't the point this is just my introduction to this but is that if you're a you know, you might ask the question, um, should I be as healthy when I'm 8 years old or 9 or 10 as when I'm 88 years old? You know, should I be have the same physical abilities and all this? Well, if, you know, I think this, this scripture here is, 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 is a good answer to that question. In 23-25, it says, And ye shall observe, serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. That's a really wonderful, wonderful statement. Um, that you know, I can, I can, you know, I don't think any of us will say that I can run as fast when I'm 85 as when I was 25. So does that mean that you should get healed at 85 to be able to run as fast as you were 25? No, of course not. That that's it's silly to even think that. So what does it mean? It means God says, I will fulfill the number of thy days. He will keep us healthy. We will stay healthy. You know, sometimes you read the records in the Bible, you go, you know, a, a prophet's eyes were set for, you know, dimness because of age or these things. Well, there is a certain wear and tear on our bodies that happens just because we have a physical body that is perishing. We know that. We understand that. So it's not that, okay, I'm going to, 
pray to God and ask for the same ability to run now that I had when I was younger, what it means is that He will keep you healthy. Okay? So, you know, the natural course of life, the number of our days are fulfilled by God allowing us to be healthy. So if things come our way that are not natural in life, well, God will heal us. I mean, the fact that, you know, we lose some of our hair or, you know, that our hair is going white, no, well, that's part of life. I think we all understand that. But when it comes down to um, staying healthy and you know, keeping all the other nonsense away, the sicknesses and diseases, that are not a part, natural part of life. Well, He will keep us healthy. He will fulfill the number of our days. And I think that's a good way to understand this area so we don't have misconceptions about, you know, uh, well, why, why am I so tired when I'm 60, whatever, I, ha- I can't remember now, any whatever age, you know, then I wasn't this tired when I was 30. Well, <laughs> it's okay. You know, are you healthy? Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. It'll keep you healthy. Um, so I think that's a good way to think of it. Okay, so the first point about healing, which I think is, is an important one, they all are important, but is Romans chapter 5. And uh, it kind of underscores this whole topic in a big way. And it's Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death, and we have to understand, death by sin. Death entered by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So death, here it is the death specifically, but what was the cause of death entering? It was sin. And we understand that death is the eventual result of sickness and disease. And here it's very clear that that has its roots in sin. That is what led to the situation where there is sickness and disease and eventually death. So if that is the cause of it, then the solution must lie in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ has redeemed us from sin, then guess what? He has redeemed us from the results of sin, which is sickness, disease, and death. And we know in, in, in the long haul, we have eternal life. So that is definitely guarantee. But on the way there, then the solution to what caused the sickness and disease, He has dealt with by His atoning work. And that is a, that is a truth that we must burn in our minds. With the sickness, with the sin, went the sickness. With the sickness, went the sin. It was, it was a joint thing. It wasn't like, okay, now this is dealt with. No, it was this, it, the, the, the cause was the same thing, and the solution is exactly the same thing. So now you might ask the question, well, then how can we get sick? Well, I'm going to ask you, well, how come you feel condemned sometimes? Because you've forgotten about, I've forgotten about, the sin part. It's been dealt with, so there's no reason for me. Romans might say there is no condemnation somewhere. So why do I feel condemned sometimes? Because I allow myself to forget about the sin part. Well, why do I get sick? Well, maybe I've allowed myself to forget about the sickness part. You see, it's all there. Has his redeeming work changed at all? No, it's not changed. His solution to sin and sickness was a one-time thing, and now we we can access that anytime that we want to. It's, it's, it's an absolutely vital truth for us to get into our minds and never to forget. Um, 
in Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. In verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs. And that word born there is the same one, if you want to look it up, in Leviticus 16, verse 22, where it talks about the scapegoat bearing the sins of Israel into the woods, you know, kind of taking them away, bore them away, the same, same word. Um, born our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And here griefs should be sicknesses, and it's translated that way in many other places in the Old Testament. Verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. See, God does not make any distinction between those two things, the sickness and the sin. You know, maybe we should stop making the distinction in our minds about it, because it went with the atoning work of Jesus Christ. It was accomplished in what he did. It wasn't that he accomplished one part and we're still waiting for the accomplishment of the other part. No, it was accomplished at the same time. And, you know, and God so wonderfully interprets this for us in Matthew 8, in case there was any doubt. I know there isn't, but we have it in Matthew. And it's always wonderful when God's Word interprets itself to us this way. There's no guesswork or anything like that. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, which we just read. Fulfill, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. There's no distinction. Everything went with the atoning work of Jesus Christ, and he interprets that for us so lovingly. So Romans chapter 10, to continue to look at this, Romans chapter 10, with the sin went the sickness. Romans chapter 10, verse, you guys, know and love, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And we know the word saved means to be made whole, that you are whole. Um, so that is something you can call on at any time in your life. The atoning work of Jesus Christ guarantees this. You know, there are many ways to be healed. Many ways to be healed. And God is so gracious, so loving, you know, and makes us available in so many different ways. We just read, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Uh, there's the atoning work of Jesus Christ, which said that when this happened, that whole thing was dealt with. Right? There's no more information necessary than the very truth that when he did this he dealt with sickness that is a given thing you don't i don't need more information to tell me that god wishes for me to be well that is a part of the atoning work of jesus christ and on top of that god has also given us the manifestations the manifestation specifically of healing, but the information you might need. So is there are certain cases, well, the, the fact that the truth that you, could, you can be healed is not the revelation part. 
that was part of the atoning work of Jesus Christ. You don't need him to tell you that. Now, you might need in a certain situation specific information. Absolutely. That's, a, that's God's prerogative. But the truth that you can be delivered is a part of the atoning underlying work of Jesus Christ. That's a given. I don't need more information to tell me. I know that. I just, we just read it. Right? So it's very important to, to keep that. That's very, very clear in the Scripture. So that's the, the first point. The point is that with the sin went the sickness, and it is tied up in the atoning the redemptive work that Jesus Christ did for us. We should not dis- dis- distinguish, should not separate the two in our thinking and in our day-by-day practice. Um, the next one was um, in Matthew chapter 8. We're around there a little while ago, but we'll go back to Matthew chapter 8. And we'll read there. And that has to do with knowing that you are unable to receive anything until we know what the Word of God says about that very thing. And again, we'll use the example of salvation. Like, you know, a person, let's say, you know, and there are probably people in the world like this, I don't know, probably, who wishes that they had eternal life, who wishes they have salvation. You know, a person can sit anywhere in the middle of the woods, by the ocean, wherever, and look at peaceful scenes, and wish all he wants to, and desire all he wants to, that he wishes he had eternal life or was saved. Yet he can never get it until someone comes up to him and says, do you know that the Bible says that if you believe on Jesus Christ and make him your Lord, you can be saved. As soon as that information is presented to the man or woman, guess what? They can now get saved. See, all their desire, wishing and desire to get saved, you can't, you can't, you can't get salvation that way. But as soon as you know what the Word of God says, guess what? Now you can get it. The same thing is true with healing. Right? Until you know that the Word of God promises you healing, your desire to want to get healed from something and want to get delivered is not going to bring it for you. It must be faith and confidence in believing in the Word of God and the Word of God alone. That is where the believing and confidence has to sit. Not in our desire to get healed, but that God says it is possible. That's it. The same thing, just like the guy can't get saved because he really wants to. Who cares if he really wants to? Until God says, yeah, you can do this. And guess what? Simple. And that's, uh, look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand. So, and and said, and and, uh, sorry, touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. See, there's no room in our lives for if anymore because we, we, we read what the Word of God says. It is not a matter for us, you know, and, and a lot of times, um, you know, people don't know that basic truth. And they'll say, well, and, and they'll even actually, you know, people actually pray that way sometimes too, you know, if it be thy will to do that. Now, you can pray that for an area where you don't know God's will on very specific situation, fine. But not in this one. Because the atoning work of Jesus Christ tells us what His will is on the matter. 
that with this sickness and sin and sickness went together at the same time. It's gone. It's a done deal. There's nothing else to be waiting for in that regard. So here, Jesus Christ just tells, yeah, it's my will. So, okay, there he goes, walks right into it. Um, faith in God's word, believing in God's word is what we have before we are healed, not after. It's before we are healed. That's what it is. And it's not faith or desire or, or, or you know, uh, in our ability to get healed. It's not in our knowledge. It's not in that we've, you know, lived for a number of years. It's not how many times I've studied God's Word. It's none of that stuff. It is basically confidence and faith in what God's Word says. That's it. That's it. That's all we need. Because when God's Word says something, that's the end of it. There's no more deliberation. There's no more, talk, you know... It's, that's it. That's the done deal. So our confidence and faith, that means that's why I said at the beginning that Jesus Christ had an arsenal of stuff to look at. Stuff he knew was true. And he could call on it anytime he wanted to because he knew his father had said it. That's all he needed to back the devil down. Just that it was true. That's it. Um, look at Psalm 103. Faith is, is what, and believing is what you have before, before we are healed in a situation. Uh, we don't wait until after because it doesn't work that way. That's an interesting thing. It doesn't work that way. It's not like you say after, it's always before. When Moses was told to raise his arm, stretch out his hand, did the Red Sea part before he did that? So what did he have confidence and faith in? The information was true. Do I have faith and confidence that the information regarding the atoning work of Jesus Christ is true? Or don't I? Um, Joshua blew the trumpet first before the walls fell down. Naaman dipped first before he was cleansed of his leprosy. Noah built the ark first before there ever was a flood. These people, these, they had confidence that the word was true. And they weren't waiting for afterwards to say, okay, oh yeah, it was true. No, they believed it was true and they acted according to that word. And the time would obviously fail to tell of all the other people that have done that. Psalm 103 verse 3, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Here's some good arsenal for us. Here's some good stuff concerning faith and confidence in the scriptures. The scriptures say this. Does that verse make any distinction between what all is? All. It's all. Isn't all means all. Um, Matthew. We'll jump back to Matthew now again. Yeah, we're just going to look at a few verses now so that we have the arsenal on which to have the faith and confidence in. So there's no doubt. I know there's not, but you know, sometimes we doubt. What helps us eliminate doubt? Scriptures, scriptures, scriptures. Verse 16, just the verse we read before, the one from Isaiah. It says, And when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all 
that we're saying unless you were you know unless anybody's ever wondering there's no situation my situation is so complex I'm sorry but there is no situation that is more complicated or greater than the atoning work of Jesus Christ that he dealt with death okay there's nothing nothing greater than that uh, Rome, uh, Matthew 8 16 uh, let's go to Matthew 9 next chapter over Again, just there's so many of these, but we'll just read a few. Verse 35, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So when you're, you know, when you're in that middle of that trauma or whatever it happens to be that you're going through in life, you just think in your mind, okay, he went every sickness, every disease all just all everything it was all dealt with see these are things that are meant to give us solutions to problems not just information this is a living living and real word there's power behind the power of god is behind these simple statements that we're reading in uh, chapter 12 of matthew jesus christ seemed to have a habit of doing this kind of stuff which also tells us what God's will on the topic is, right? Because he always did God's will. <laughs> so it's interesting. Verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him. Not a few people. Great multitudes. And he healed them all. All, all, every all. In chapter 10 of Acts. Acts chapter 10. Look at one more. which references back to those ones we just read. Years later, still true. Acts 10.38, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So it was definitely God's will for him to be doing that thing that he was doing. So Calvary was for everybody. Um, faith in God's word, and it's not in your not in your desire or your ability to believe. The number of years as a believer, and all the works that you do, and all the things that we do. No, it's in God's word alone. That is where our confidence and trust must sit. It's in God's word and God's word alone. So that was the next point about healing. Next one, John chapter fourteen. Again, this is meant to help us have a more of an arsenal. We need it. Matthew four, uh, sorry, uh, John fourteen, verse twelve. It says, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name." That will I do. Just as Jesus Christ promised. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. See, Jesus Christ, and we've looked at this since, you know, over the last year, but His ongoing ministry that He has now, it's not less powerful than when He was here. That would be silly, wouldn't it? That God would say, okay, well, we're going to do something really amazing for a year or so. But after that, 
now we're going to back off. It doesn't make any sense. He says, that will I do. You know, um, his redeeming work now, whereas when he was here, he could deal. We read those records now, just a few of them. He went there and he healed a bunch, bunch of people. He went over here and he went over there. His redeeming and work that was on its way to being done, when his ministry was here, he could deal with people here and there. But now it's not limited anymore. His redeeming work is not just limited to where his physical presence was when he was here. His ministry is much greater, much more powerful to be seated at God's right hand. He has much more ability, much more capabilities are available now to, to what he can do. Ephesians chapter 1. We have to understand that and believe it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12. It says that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. So here we're told that the spirit that we have now is an earnest. So it's, it's a part. It's, it's, it's a portion, you know, that wonderful word. It's a portion. It's, it's a down payment. It's a, you know, of greater things to come in the future. That's what it says, right? Uh, earnest until the redemption of praise. Of, and so there's much more coming. We know that spiritually. Well, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. So keep that in mind. Second Corinthians chapter 4. One of the blessings and benefits of the that are coming in the future as part of the full salvation, as part of the full redemption, is that we will be given a body like unto Jesus Christ's body, spiritual body, new body. So that is a promise of the part of the fullness of what's going to happen. Well, we have an earnest now of all that's going to happen in the future. So what's the earnest of that today? Well, 2 Corinthians 4.11 For we which are alive, for we which live, are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. The life also of Jesus might be... Is Jesus Christ still alive? Yes, He's still alive. And in fact, He is a much greater ministry, much greater capability now than he ever had when he was here. So the life also and it might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So his spiritual life having an impact on our mortal flesh today. Think about that. The earnest of that spiritual body that we're going to receive someday in the future is the ability to have our current bodies quickened by the spirit we have inside of us healing from the inside out whenever we needed an ongoing deliverance because of what Jesus Christ has done for us it says it in Romans chapter 8 as well let's read that Romans chapter 8 Romans 
chapter 8. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell on you, and does it? Yep. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, make alive your mortal bodies. See how the spirit affects our mortal bodies by his spirit which dwelleth in you. See, the incorruptible life of Jesus, the incorruptible body of Jesus Christ, now where he is now, has the ability by the spirit we have within to quicken, to make alive our mortal bodies. That's the earnest of what we're going to get because someday we're going to get an amazing body. Well, we have the earnest of it today. And that is the blessing or the ability to have the body being made alive by the spirit which dwells within us. Um, what a great blessing that is. So, you know, here you are. You're not feeling well. You know, you just think, oh, well, you know, I can, I know I have the spirit inside me. It can quicken my mortal body, make it alive. And guess what? It's going to really make it alive when we have eternal life. But that's coming. But until then, what a blessing. What a, what a thing, what great truths he has blessed us with. Right? That's the next point. Uh, next point, let's go to, um, where are we going now? Let's see. Psalm 145. Psalm 145. These are all great things to remember when you're healthy and when you're not. It's Psalm 145, verse 8, we read. Let's get there. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. And that, that's, that's an immutable truth about God. It hasn't changed. That's the way God has always been. You see, He doesn't... He wants to heal His people. He wants to bless. He wants to be merciful. You're not eking it out of him that's his nature his nature is to be compassionate and bless to bless his people and one of the things that Abraham you know we read about Abraham did when he was you know going through that time with having a child is that he said that he, he said God was able and willing and you know I hadn't really understood this before so much but if you if you th- Believing that God is able is only one part of the equation, right? If you believe He's able, but have no idea or even think in your mind that He's willing, His ability is of no use. You know, even it says, and it says in James, even the devils believe that He's got He's very powerful. They tremble at they tremble at that thought. Oh, He's terrible! But that makes it's of no use to anybody if you until we understand that He's also willing to do that. Right, so, when, I mean, so when you know when God says in Romans four, we'll read it in a minute, but is that He was both able and willing? Kind of interesting combination of the two things. So you might think, well, I know He's powerful, but I'm not really a great person, or you know, I, you know, I. Well, you could stop right there, right? Go back to the atoning work of Jesus Christ. You know, that was the bottom line of all this: faith in God's word alone. That it is that 
what you we have confidence and faith in, and that we've been given the earnest of the Spirit. It gives us, you know, a quickening of our bodies here today. And now we now we read here briefly that He's merciful, He's gracious, He He wants this for His people. It's not just something you're forcing Him to do. In Mark chapter one. Mark chapter 1. The adversary will do whatever he can to convince you that he's not willing to help you. you know, he'll bring to remembrance all the naughty things you do or did or have done or are thinking of doing or whatever. Now, let's just work harder to bring the Word of God to our remembrance, which is what God wants. Mark one forty, And there came a leper to him beseeching him, we heard this before, but in the other gospel, but and kneeling down to him and says, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. Right? We just and we read that, you know, the, the Lord the Lord is compassionate. God is compassionate, He's merciful, He's gracious. Well, Jesus Christ represented God. He did what God told He was the you know, the image of God, that's what it says, right? He represented him. He didn't do anything of his own will. And here it says he was doing exactly what his father does. He's very compassionate. He said, I'm comp- he was compassionate, put forth his hand, touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. Verse 45, same chapter. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter and everyone, and they couldn't enter in because he was so blessed. Um, look at Matthew 14. Matthew 14. In verse uh, 13, Matthew 14. And Jesus heard of it, and he departed thence by ship into a desert place. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. He saw these people, they needed help. Moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. You know, it says in the word that God's compassions don't fail. They fail not. The mercies are new every morning. Uh, that's what He wants to do. Deliverance and healing is what He wants for His people. Um, he is always willing. He's called the Father of mercies. You know, all this, all these things that we're reading about Him are represented in Jesus Christ's ongoing ministry again. It's not something that He just... It's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. Um... He's called a merciful and faithful high priest. Merciful, faithful. He's able to be touched by our infirmities. He is able to succor. He's called the captain of our salvation, bears our burdens. He's called our shepherd, one who protects, defends, heals, and binds up the wounds of the sheep. That's, those are the characteristics of Jesus Christ's ongoing ministry. So should we ever, ever doubt that He is compassionate and merciful willing to do what, what, what we need. No, we should never doubt it. And the final point I want to look at today in Romans chapter 4, I just mentioned it, we'll go to it now. Romans chapter 4 is that no matter what happens in life, um, there's one thing we'll keep in mind about 
what we ought to do. And, and Romans 4 gives us, gives us that in verse 20. He staggered not, talking about Abraham, at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that he was that what he had promised he was able also to perform. So the thing I wanted to point out there was giving glory to God. And that's, you know, we, we, we prayed about that today a little bit, but uh, whatever the situation we encounter in life, whatever it is, uh, it should be God that gets the glory. Um, when we're healed, we glorify Him. When, while we wait to be healed, we glorify Him. This is this is this took twenty five years for it. Twenty, I think it was twenty one years. I can't remember. Twenty one, twenty one. Yeah, somewhere in that region. And while while he was waiting for that promise, he glor- gave glory to God, giving glory to God, glorify God. <laughs> so while we're waiting to be healed, while we're healed, we give glory to God. Tongues is a great way to, way to glorify. Speaking in tongues is a great way to glorify God and to praise God, um, even when we don't feel like doing anything else. In our actions, thoughts, words, all our desires, all glory goes to Him. Because without Him, what do you have in this life? We are nothing without Him. So when we do see some blessing or accomplishment in life, what benefit is it to bring glory to ourselves? Oh, I really believed him. Is that the important thing? Or is it the important thing that he healed you? He delivered you. See, all glory goes back, goes to him. That's, that's the way Jesus Christ lived his life. That's the way he lives it now. And when he turns everything back over to his father, that's the, still the way he's going to live his life. And we ought to, you know, we're imita- be imitators of him. So all glory, all blessing in whatever happens in life goes goes to him. Remember the first and great commandment, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. That hasn't changed, right? We'll close in Jeremiah chapter 9 on these few points in healing that I hope are helpful. Jeremiah chapter 9. Verse 23, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, not, not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him glory, let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, yeah, compassion and mercy and love for us, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight saith the Lord. You know, we were praying earlier about, you know, well, you know, certain operations that might take place and so forth. Well, you might be tempted to say, you know, well, if I get healed by an operation, then why should I glory God? I know I know you would never say that, but like, I, I would ask the question, why wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, when someone says, well, you, you, you get your, uh, you know, your daily sustenance because you have a job and you get paid by your company and that's how you get your money. I said, and that's how you're able to bring food. It's not God providing for you. I mean, the, the argument is nonsensical anyway. It's absolute stupidity. But people do make those arguments. Why not? What, what stops you from always glorifying God? Absolutely nothing. Thank you for my job, Father. You know, 
Thank you. You know, you get an operation, the doctor heals you of something. Thank you for the doctor being having done that to me. Thank you, you made my body to be able to go in a direction of healing. See, there's always a perp- there's always a basis for bringing glory to God. It doesn't take any glory away from God when those things happen. Why would I even think that? You know, would you would you probably admit that when it comes to jobs, maybe 80-90% of all Christians that have ever lived in, and, 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 and Judeans that live in the Old Testament, their needs were probably met by their jobs. True? Or they just sit there in the in the by ravens waiting for you no know, by brooks waiting for ravens to bring them food all the time. No. So would Elijah have more reason to glorify God than all those people who had jobs? Absolutely. It's silly to even think it, isn't it? But sometimes we think that way. Well, don't think that way. Let's not think that way. Our, our purpose, our lives are to glorify God. So when people leave, when you leave this earth, right, people will think about God and not you. Right? Because when, when Jesus Christ left, I mean, what, did, what was his point, right? That he wants all people to come to the Father. So, you know, those are some basic, basic, you know, not basic, some minor, some things about healing that I've been looking at lately. I, thought, I hope they're helpful, you know, that with, with the sickness, and with the sin went the sickness under the atoning work of Jesus Christ. They're all, it's a one package deal. Always true, never changing. And that our faith must rest in God's word, God's word alone, nothing else. That's it. It said it. I don't need anything else. We don't need anything else. That's it, Right. And can, you know that that the incorruptible body of Jesus Christ now, with the earnest that we have, quickens our mortal bodies day by day, whenever we need it. It's there. It's an ongoing, constant thing, and that you know we understand that He's compassionate and merciful. He's willing and wants to take care of us, and that no matter what happens, whichever way things go, in the end, it is God that is uh, that that gets the glory for everything. Right? So that's it. That's a few points on healing. I hope they're helpful to you. God God bless you folks there.